Welcome back to another HBK video game experience. Hollywood Cole here with Clearfire. What's, What's up, up, guys? So, uh, yeah, we've kind of skipped out last week on a few things, man. It's just been a busy uh, month, really. And I'm yes. glad we were able to fit in those two that we did. And throw in a little extra one here. And uh, today we wanted to talk a little bit about collecting. Uh, just in general, uh, particularly video game collecting. That's what I do. I've been doing it for, I don't know, f- four years now. So I'm kind of still new at it, but I do kind of know a little bit of the ins and outs of a few uh, things that I've just kind of learned. I'll share with you guys, and uh, maybe if somebody was interested in getting into it, maybe it'll help them get a start on it. And uh, Clear collects um, pops, and what else? Do you, do you just do the pops? I'll do pops, and I actually collect, uh, I've been doing some collecting of some old toys from our, from when we grew up. I actually have have a neat one that I want to tell you about that I, okay. I, I don't know if I've told you about it yet or not. So, I've got some neat little little toy collection there, and I kind of got hooked on pops. I kind of specialize in Star Wars and Marvel. And then, of course, I also have my other little collection of pops and some other things, too, that I'll mention later. You know, it's, 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 it's a fun little hobby. I enjoy doing it. I saw something on YouTube today about, um, or yesterday, about, like, Nintendo Power. And the guy was just kind of talk, just kind of going through the first issue and flipping over and, you know, flipping the pages and whatnot and kind of breaking down each little page. But then it showed him have, you know, it showed him have... Uh, several different magazines he's kind of got them in the little comic book you know holders or whatever Mm -hmm. dust covers and stuff like that or just clear i don't even know what you call it i don't collect comic books but basically dust jackets dust covers yeah and i was like you know what happened to my game magazines i wonder i guess they all got thrown away somehow but that'd be nice to still have them because i was pretty much a subscriber from the beginning yes but i did stop i mean you know at least when the probably nintendo 64 about halfway through Nintendo 64's life, I didn't get them anymore, so I was probably like 16. So I didn't get any with the GameCube and all this. So whatever from then on, I never really collected them. But I do like going back through and looking at some of the old ones if I can. And I actually have ordered a few of them off of eBay, like five of them, like The Link to the Past, uh, Secret of Mana one, stuff like that, just games that I like. I might actually have a stack of those at my parents' house. Really? So I'll have <laughs> to go, let me let me check out my parents' house next time I go over, and I'll let you know what I have of the stuff because it's probably some of yours as well. Because I know we had you know mix and match a lot of the times. But uh, last time I was over there, I did see a stack of old magazines. So there's probably quite a few Nintendo Powers, maybe some. Uh, what was the other one that we did? Too? Game Pro and Game, Game Pro monthly. Yes, yes. So I probably have a collection of some of those, and maybe even some rare ones in there. I don't know because I was about like you about. Probably right before the GameCube came out is probably when I cut all my subscriptions. Yeah, it's still good. I like the magazines. I mean, Game Informer. You can. That's like the only one now that I know. I'm not sure there's other ones, but Game Informer is kind of like the best one. Something Game uh, GameStop does. Mm-hmm. You know, and it is a good deal. I mean, I'm not trying to like promote GameStop necessarily, which I do. I like them. Some people got a problem with them. I don't know why necessarily, but um, you know, you can go there and pay your ten or fifteen dollars, and you get ten percent off of any new games and more or excuse me, any used games, and then when you trade in games, you get 10% up boost, but you also get the magazine. That's the that's the secret. Yeah. That's the reason I like it. It's just like a magazine subscription. The other's just bonus. Yeah, I really need to bump up to the pro membership there and do that. I mean, I, I do. I pretty much get my games from there. It's For me, it's the easiest to do it, so I might as well. well. You get points, too, on the... Yeah. Uh, and so 
that's where I got that copper. I mean, it's awesome, dude. It's probably the best one. I've got this copper uh, belt buckle. That's like Zelda belt buckle has the tri-force oh, yeah. on it. Remember oh, yeah, I sent yeah, you that? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was awesome, man. That, that I mean, it looks cool. cool. I just kind of like wearing it around, too, sometimes. you just like, bling. And I was like, dude, that's pretty rowdy. But I just got it sitting on my game um, my game uh, collection uh, shelves there. Just kind of, But, I mean, you know, something like that, you can't buy. I don't think you could buy that one. I think you had no. to get it with points. So mm, Yeah, it's, it's, they have exclusive stuff like that that are points only, so that kind of makes it fun. And then, too, on top of it, you know, what really draws me now is the fact that they got ThinkGeek involved with GameStop yeah. now. And I, I just get sucked in, man. <laughs> um, I, it's bad. I'm, I, I, my collector gears start turning when I see that. So, I mean, I it's just like, Geek. oh, my gosh. ThinkGeek takes a lot of my money. It really does. ThinkGeek will make me a broke man. I, I will tell you that. <laughs> My wife likes uh, unicorns, so I got her this coffee mug from Think Geek, and it has like whole like I don't know if you can see my hands. Let me see. I got to get it to where I can see what you're looking at. I can. Like, uh, it's like a big head of a unicorn, like out this far from the oh, mug. Yeah, I've seen that mug. I mean, that's hilarious. It is awesome. It's like a eight eight inch, seven inch, or whatever across. I, you know, of the mug, but she broke it. She ended up breaking it somehow, oh like my dropping gosh. it or something. So when I get home. Back to you know down to Silver Creek this weekend. I'm gonna take a picture of my son and my and the new thing that he got, and your wife will appreciate it. She'll get a good okay. laugh out of it. So he, <laughs> he he's been running around the house with it, and I just video chatted with him right before uh, the call, and he's running around with it on his head. So I'll I'll leave it at that. But you'll get a good laugh out of it. Cool. Well, um, so just kind of feel you guys in what's been going on with us. I've actually been in like Las Vegas for the past month, so that's why we've kind of been skosh on the uh, on the podcast a little bit and uh, not really going over too many games because, like I said, I just don't, we just don't have the time to review them like we should before mm-hmm. we get on here and start talking about them. But uh, and it's fine; we can take a break and kind of talk some, about some other things because it is a video game experience podcast, so we can talk about collecting, talk about any kind of geeky stuff. It's just a real fun things to talk about and kind of just let it fly, you know. And so, uh, and I just wanted to say this: Do you know who uh, Michael Grimm is? You might not know. He's a musician. He's the uh, name sounds familiar. I, it, I, I can't place where I've heard that. I know I've heard Michael yeah. Grimm for something. I just don't remember. Well, just look him up on YouTube. He won America's Got Talent in 2010. That's where it's from. Uh, we watch America's Got Talent. So yeah, it's like you know 2010. It's like eight years ago, and um, he kind of just kind of went on his things. Had a real like haunting, soulful voice. It's just unbelievable. He's from Mississippi too, and. Uh, he was playing at the Tuscany last night, so we, we showed up there, uh, me and a friend of mine, Sean, and uh, he never heard about him, and uh, he was tripping me out so so hard about it. I'll tell you what he said, but uh, he's like, who is this guy? You know, and I said, I told him he wore America's Got Talent and whatnot, and so he's just, all it is is a lounge. It was at this uh, Piazza Lounge at the Tuscany, and he's just sitting up on the stage. I mean, you're like, you know, 10 yards from him or whatever. It's real personal. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And it wasn't crowded. Uh, and he started playing these songs. I mean, dude, it would just put you in a trance, man. He played uh, George Strait's uh, Amarillo by Morning. He played oh, wow. Walking in Memphis. Oh, my gosh, dude. That were the best. Those were the best uh, covers of those songs I've ever seen or heard. And uh, he has a little tip jar out front. You know, and he won a million dollars. And I yeah. told Sean, I was like, you know, he won like a million. See that little 
thing up there. I need to go tip him, man. If you go tip him, it'll kind of. He needs to be tipped because he's doing a very good job. And nobody's mm-hmm. tipping him, and it's kind of like you start the, you go, you drop your tip in there, and everybody will start tipping too. It's kind of like the little rule. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Is that is that what that's for?" And I was like, "Yeah." He said. He just won a million dollars, and he's got a tip jar. And I was like, "Yeah, but it's just kind of funny." It's like, "What do you think?" He's, he just you walk up there and be like, "Oh, is this is this for us? Is this you know?" He's just taking money out of it. You're sharing back with the people, man. That's awesome. But it just tripped me out. But uh, anyway, I did have to say that because I actually met the guy and talked to him a couple times uh, throughout the night. And man, that dude is super humble guy, super nice guy, completely authentic. Uh, the way that you see, if you know who I'm talking about, you'll really, you'll, you'll uh, go look him up on YouTube. His first audition, it's, it blew everybody away. The judges had to like go, shh, you know, tell everybody to be quiet so they could talk. But it was a great show, uh, and he's just super nice guy. And then we just, after that, we went over to the, um, uh, we're, we're staying by the uh, Circus Circus and went over there and played like this card game over there. Stayed up for a few, I think I was up to like two or three in the morning. So I got up at like, <laughs> I got up like, uh, I probably went to bed about three and got up at like seven. So I don't know, four hours of sleep. So I'm a little bit dragging. But anyway, I, I did my thing, went and worked out, blah, blah, blah. Came back. It was like one in the afternoon the next day. And then Sean texts me. He's like, dude, I'm still sitting at this table. I was like, oh my gosh, dude, are you nuts? Are you coming back? I was like, no. Oh my I'm not, gosh. I'm not losing my money. But so that's why we're dragging a little bit today. But um, if I kind of zone out, but uh, hopefully I got some of my Starbucks here. So we're going to be be chugging along. Anyway, so yeah, that's why we're doing this. I'm at a, I'm in a class over here, uh, and so I've been having to be focused on that. So that's why I want to do a collection one. And then we did a, uh, what was the first one? We did Zelda last time, and what was the one before that? I can't remember. Uh, before Zelda. Yeah, it was like a, oh, 16-bit Zelda was memories. the 16-bit yeah, memories, because yeah. that was our 16th episode. That was a lot of fun. I like that one. Yeah, so that's cool. So just... Uh, just wanted to give you guys a uh, heads up if I do start dragging. So, about or you got any news first before I start? We start going off into this collection or uh, collection deal. So, in the world of news, we actually got you know a decent uh, few bits of news. Uh, first, I want to start off with the um, uh, with the 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 one million cheaters banned in January alone on PUBG. That's insane, man! I serious. I mean, you. I mean, how many players do you have to be able to ban one million people? So that tells you right there: one, the game's super popular, and two, it's super overran with cheating. I'm not a fan of cheating. I know Hollywood's not a fan of cheating, and it's just insane to think that's a million people banned in one month, things. just in One's one month. Popular, another they're super bad at cheating or something. I mean, it's that was just funny. Crazy. I thought you were going to give something profound about it, and then it's, uh, uh, there, they there's, no, a lot. there's there's nothing profound about the one. Well, million it does. Well, mean, let that's, me just that's I'll, let me just comment on that for a second because it is true. There is a little something profound because. I guess not profound, but it is kind of a hidden thing. These they're banning a million people, so they took a million players out of their player bank. Mm-hmm. They believe in their game. <laughs> they yeah. believe in their game so bad. They're like, "You're not going to mess it up. We know this has got a long future. We want to protect our brand, and you're out of here." I like it. I wish it came oh, to I PlayStation Four. I, I, I love the fact that they did that because that, that that's great. That shows me that they're invested in trying to keep the game. Uh, together the way it should be and not have all the cheating, zoning out all that crap that comes with cheating. So really yeah. happy about that. But it's just crazy to think that in just one month, 
you know, not the entire time it's been out, because it's been out since, it's been out for a few months, but just one month alone, a million people. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so another thing I want to announce, too, is, is PlayStation 4 worldwide sales has passed 76 million units. They yeah, have sold 76 million PlayStation 4s. That includes PlayStation 4 Pros as well because they're pretty much the same thing. The only difference is graphics and space, so there's no huge difference between the two. They, they play the same games. But, I mean, for them to do that, that's still pretty awesome. I mean, especially with the competitor of Nintendo Switch going on and even going up against the Xbox One and the Xbox One S and the Xbox One X. You know, they're still able to produce those big numbers. It's it's pretty impressive how much, you know, how how well... Nintendo has, well, not Nintendo, but PlayStation has grown. Which that just, that is, do you know? So they got God of War uh, coming out. So God that's of War Three is coming out. Yeah, it's the, a huge uh, seller. So and uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, did they have some kind of exclusive thing with Sony at first? In other words, say it comes out for earlier I'm, on on PlayStation. I can't remember. I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not. not. Sure. I'm not sure. I was going to ask about one. Red Dead Redemption and see if they had something, but I don't, I'm not sure on that. Never mind. I Just haven't. I haven't seen any exclusives for Red Dead Redemption two yet. I do know that Sony has been racking up exclusives with everything. I mean, they have an exclusive with uh, Monster uh, Monster Hunter World where you can get uh, armor, weapons, and a armor set and weapon set for your Palico, which is your little cat companion. You can get armor set from the game Horizon Zero Dawn. And that's a completely exclusive <laughs> only on PlayStation 4. And it's a timed event, too. So you got to get on there and do it soon so you can get it. it and it's really cool-looking gear. Like, it makes your little Palico look like a robot cat. And he has a big old light on his face. And when, oh, you, look, yeah. and when you look into the light, it's actually a cat paw print right there. So it's really, <laughs> it's really cool. And you can tell they took their time to design it because it looks really good. And then he runs around with a weapon that kind of looks... I mean, if you, if you remember Borderlands 2 and you remember Krieg with his... Uh, Bus all hatchet. Uh, see. oh yeah, he had yeah, like yeah. the the blade on the top. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that, but but um, all robotic and everything. So it looks really cool and just a really neat thing like that. And then later on this month, uh, February twenty eighth is when they're going to start the uh, quest where you can get uh, the armor set that makes you look like. I know I'm not saying her name right, but Alloy from uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, the main character, you actually can get all uh, armor that look just like her. So, like, you put the armor on, and it actually makes you look like her red hair and everything, and you're able to even get her bow. So that's really cool that they're doing that. And that, that's actually, I think, that helps drive some sales for Sony because you have all these tie-ins from these other games. Uh, there's some rumors going around that... Um, Monster Hunter World, I, I, you'll probably hear me talk about that a lot because that's the new game that I'm really sucked into right now and I really like it. But I, there's some rumors going on that there's going to be exclusive content for the PS4 with other games tied in as well because you know it's a Capcom game. So, and, and it just uh, I'm glad they're doing going back to uh, Sony because yeah, Monster and, Hunter was like all on uh, Nintendo for yeah. a long time. Sony's got a lot of things like that going for it, and it's got some just killer exclusives. When you're looking at Horizon Zero Dawn, you're looking at uh, God of War 3 that's fixing to come out. You know, uh, Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 all had time, uh, had uh, exclusive content in it. They're doing a lot of these deals like that, so it always has these exclusives, and they just have great games. I mean, it just... 
they got the gameplay, and I, I think that's where it's driving their sales right now. I mean, you, Nintendo Switch does have some great games, but they're new to the market right now in comparison. And so, you know, and they're still selling great. Nintendo Switch is selling great, but, you know, it, it's hard to debate with 76 million units sold worldwide. Yes, it's just the standard PlayStation 4 has the hardcore gamer persona or whatever, you know, yeah. over over Xbox and, of course, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And so Nintendo has more of a casual game vibe, and uh, they're trying to change that. Now, they're doing a really good job with it, I think. I mean, Nintendo they Switch are. is doing really good, and I want it's one. fantastic I mean, system. But, um, you know, so... But that's kind of where that is. If you're a hardcore gamer and you just like want to get in games, and it's still kind of ironic that it's almost a Sega Nintendo feud to some mm-hmm. degree. Uh, nothing like it used to be, but you know, you got the hardcore Sony, your older kids, kind of adults, 30 mm-hmm. somethings, you're going to get that PlayStation 4 when you know the younger kids are going to get that Nintendo probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of that too, uh, there's been rumors that Xbox One X is the last console Microsoft's going to put out. Mm. So, I mean, there's there's been large rumors about that. I don't know how based those rumors are. They're very sketchy rumors, but there were those rumors going on because Microsoft's not making a lot of money off the Xbox One. You know, they're actually kind of staying flat with it as far as revenue's concerned. And so they're like, why are we making these game systems when we've got the PC? You know, you got the PC. A lot of these games now are coming out on Steam. You can get them on PC. And it's like, we're competing against ourselves there, and I, I, I kind of get it. So, you know, we might not see an Xbox system anymore. And, you know, that could that very well soon could happen. And then we will be back into the whole Nintendo versus Sega <laughs> kind of thing again, you know, because it'll be Nintendo versus Sony at that point. So, yeah. you know, but I kind of look forward to that again, if that happens again, because that was actually a great time in gaming. So, but... Yeah. You know, that's good. So another little bit of piece of news that I don't want to let slip, and I was going to have this for our last podcast because it was actually, you know, not for our last podcast, but for last week, because it was actually last week was one of mine and Hollywood's favorite games, 21 years old. It is now legal to drink Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> It, it, it's, 21, it, yeah. It's, wow. it, hit the, it hit 21 years ago. Oh, I saw it on the... You posted it on Facebook. You yeah. posted something on the Facebook. Yeah. And so and so, it's just one of those things when I saw that, I'm like, holy cow, thinking back to that, you know, that game coming out 21 years ago because me and Hollywood got the game 21 years ago. Got it when it dropped yeah, and all that. Me. So it's just, it's just hard to think that, but yet it just shows you how much gaming has evolved too since then. So... And the one last bit of news that I want to share with us today, it's a great piece of news that I think everybody should know, but Red Dead Redemption 2 finally has a true hardcore release date. They said it. They were. It was supposed to come out, I think, what, what, what was it, March, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I don't and know. They've, and they've pushed it back, and they've pushed it back to October 26th of 2018. And what they said is, we want to make sure that it's perfect. We want it to come out and be right and be good, and we're excited about it. We didn't have we didn't have things polished the way we wanted. We just wanted a little extra time to polish. So they're really it's really exciting that they're doing that and you know cleaning it up and making it good. So that that's that's there. And then um, I'm sorry I, I said that I, that was the one last piece of news. The only other piece, the other piece of news that I do have is 
the rumor mill is starting to crank up about PlayStation Five. So they're ta- they're they are saying and claiming that a PlayStation Five is going to drop in 2020. And if it does, it's going to be the fourth quarter of 2020 because that's that's historically when uh, when um, Sony has dropped all their Playstations with the exception of PlayStation One. So they love to they love to use the um, end of the year. Holiday time. I mean, it's perfect timing because everybody's got money and want things at that time. So, <laughs> look for look for uh, the rumor mills to start cranking up. And they say that the first hardcore news that we'll hear will be E three of twenty nineteen. There might be some rumors pop at E three this year, but they really they really feel like they're going to hear some hardcore proof on twenty nineteen. I know it's that's a year and a half in advance, but. With PlayStation 4, I know I was hearing stuff two and three years ahead of time before it came out. It, it's one of those things where keep your ear to the ground because you'll probably end up knowing about it well in advance. So, well, it's going to happen because you know the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 had the 10 year system cycle, yeah. which has never happened again. So, when they released pictures of uh, gameplay for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, you're kind of like, it's not that much different i don't see that much difference and uh i mean yes it looks a little bit more detailed but it wasn't really a you know you'd see super nintendo Mm -hmm. nintendo 64 nintendo 64 to gamecube and so on and so forth it's just massive leaps Mm -hmm. and then now it's just kind of slowly you know one little uh couple of shadows or something here and there so you see that and then you go you kind of think back to when you know PlayStation Four was first released, 2013. What did they do? They released the games both on PlayStation Three mm-hmm. and PlayStation Four. PlayStation Three, PlayStation Four. So I hope that when PlayStation Five comes out, it's solely games for PlayStation Five and not PlayStation Four, like it used to be. So they don't kind of drag this thing, this transition. So the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So there's two theories of thought on this. One theory of thought is is that the PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 won't be such a jump that it's like you can't play this PlayStation 4 game on that you can play this PlayStation 4 game on this PlayStation 5. Because basically what they're saying is is that th- this is one of the one of the lines of rumors that I've heard is that the PlayStation 5 is literally to push for the 4K gaming to get games above the 60 frames a second to basically compete with PC, to get a 10-core processor into the system, to basically put a just a stupid amount of RAM in the thing. I haven't heard what type of RAM, but they want to hit 10 teraflops of processing power <laughs> inside inside of the inside of the system. 10 and, flip-flops. Yeah, 10 flip-flops. We'll call, we'll call them flip-flops. <laughs> but uh Jeez. so and so that they want to hit serious. so they want to hit that they want to hit that threshold and in doing so, they actually could be able to keep it to where the games play on either system. So that would stretch it in a weird way, and I don't think that would be the best move because then you look at your losing sales and it's kind of another generational step like the PS4 to the PS4 Pro was. But the other thought is, is more in line with what you're thinking and, and what you stated is, is PS5 comes out, games on PS5 only. You know, because when you think about it, uh, the PS4 Pro dropped what? Was it 2016 that it came out? Yeah, something like that. Two years or so. So it's been out for a little bit now. Um, Because, yeah, it came out uh, right before Destiny Rise of Iron. 
because I remember getting it. Or no, it came out after Rise of Iron. I think so. I Anyways, know. I don't remember. But either way, if you look at it, yeah, it, sh- it had to. It had. To. I've, I've had my. I've had my PS4 for about a year now, so I think it's been. It's about a year. So, you know, it, it came out, and it, when you're looking at it now, if it came out in 2016, you're looking at okay, 2016 to 2020. That's a four year gap. Well, if you look at it, it was almost a four year gap to the PS. It was a four year gap to the PS4 to PS4 Pro. So that's eight year span on that one system, technically. So they might push it to where it goes straight up to the PS5 and not have that gapped bridge. Because if they're trying to push the 4K gaming standard, they're not going to be able to have a game that can push 60 frames a second or more on one system and not the other. Not the way that games are designed for consoles. For PCs, you can do that because you've got your graphic settings and all of that. But for console... They, they just don't do it. You know, they have to have that set limit. That's the reason why uh, you don't get above uh, like 30 frames a second on Destiny 2 for uh, the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One S and X because it would totally leave out the old PS4 and the Xbox One. So they had to keep it at a blocked frame rate for that reason. Now, could they develop it? I would think they should be able to, but... That's that's a lot more money involved in the gaming, so. I don't know. I think they might be making a mistake. I mean, I don't know enough about it, but uh, it's, it's close because, you know, I still game on a 720 TV, and it's just as good to me as it is on all the other time. Right now, I'm at the hotel. i got a 1080, mm-hmm. and it's just ever so slightly better, but, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. So, in other words... You know, there's going to be a few like tech savvy people or people that just have to have the latest generation of stuff, like the people that would buy the iPhone X mm-hmm. uh, that just want to have the newest PlayStation. But as far as a gamer goes, I don't think gamers are sitting around going, man, this needs to be 4K. This needs to be 60 frames. Sometimes it's 60 frames and blah, blah. You know, PC gamers, that, that's what that's for. People that are, care mm-hmm. about that are going to PC game anyway. Yeah. And, um, and you got so that going on. If Xbox doesn't release a system, and then you got Nintendo Switch with their little handheld gimmick, which I don't necessarily get into, but apparently it's popular. It's uh, very but, popular. It's crazy. Yeah, but so they have new. You know, all I'm trying to say is, I guess all I'm trying to say is that think about you know long ago, eight bit to sixteen to thirty two mm-hmm. to sixty four to the one twenty eight PlayStation mm-hmm. two blah blah, and these were jumps that were so. Uh, far up that when you saw that you were like man I gotta have that ge- I gotta have that system I gotta have that game what are they gonna provide me oh this goes in 4k if I can't see a difference mm-hmm. why am I gonna go spend another 400 500 dollars on this yeah. thing I got Nintendo over here for 300 or whatever mm-hmm. I don't even know how much it costs but it's got these fun fun games I can yeah. pick put you know I can do a handheld or whatever or Nintendo mm-hmm. comes out with their own new system in five years it has its own little gimmick to it something different mm-hmm and the only thing that the new PlayStation, oh, it's faster, it's 60 frames, it's a bunch of technical specs. You see what I'm saying? With, without yeah. any noticeable oh, yeah. thing to non, to people that just game and don't care about that stuff. They just want fun mm-hmm. factor. So that's kind of dangerous, I think. I mean, it better bring out something good. I mean, so, I, don't, I don't know. So, so, yeah, it can be very dangerous for gaming when you're looking at pushing specs. Because it can create roadblocks and it can create... There's no visual difference is what exactly. I'm saying. So for me, I went from 720 to 4K. I did make a good jump. 
you know, I went and I got the 4K TV, I got the PS4 Pro, I had it all, mm-hmm. you know, I had the whole jump up. And well, I, how yeah, much did I, it cost you? I know it's a huge difference. Well, you're you, looking you at sold, you bought it and then you sold your other one, so it probably yeah. cost you 150 bucks max. Yeah, the PS4 no Pro. More than 200. Yeah, the PS4 Pro itself cost me out of pocket probably another 150 because yeah. it was the same price as the original one, and, and, and you know, so I didn't, so it, it didn't shoot me big on that. But I bought a new TV. You know, yeah. did I need the new TV? Probably not, because I had a nice 720 Samsung. Now, granted, it was at the time when I bought the 4K TV. It, the, that one was probably seven, eight years old at the time, so it was starting to get to the end of life for it anyway. Because flat panels just don't last that long, and so I got a 4K TV, and I, of course, I could tell a huge difference because you're going from 720p to 4K, and it was a massive difference. Now, when you're looking at 4K to 4K HDR, which is the new thing now, or the newer thing. To me, I don't see a huge difference between the two. And I'm not going to lie, I love gaming on my 4K TV. When I game on my 720p TV, I see the difference. It's a huge difference. But, you know, for me, being somebody that's blind as a bat, gaming on a 4K TV is pretty nice because I see everything better. And I actually could almost game without my glasses on. So, So, well... I mean, yeah, it's, I mean just, you can't push spec. I don't just don't people don't people that care about specs that intensely are not your casual gamer. They're your no. PC gamers. They're your hardcore hardcore like um, Call of Duty. You know, yeah. your sixty frames or whatever, so I can get the 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 point zero six millisecond jump on exactly the other guy. Blah blah. And it's, too, but, the, the, they're the people that buy gaming monitors that are 24 inch 25 inch monitors the smaller monitors that 4k doesn't super hard matter on what really matters on that is that frame rate and of course they want to push that to get their like you said their 0.2 millisecond jump on people which i mean it if you're into that type of gaming then yeah it could probably pay off for you and you're probably making the money from gaming to be able to buy the stuff but for people like us you know, a spec. There's more system. casual gamers than there exactly. are spec gamers. That's what exactly. I'm saying. And they're going to yeah. jump to. They're going to jump ship to Nintendo. Maybe I don't know. I'm just. I mean, I have no idea. But yeah. if this, they better have a better jump. Is all I'm saying. Because even after the PlayStation Four was out, it still took a two to. I mean, think about that for a minute. Two to three year transition time. Mm-hmm. For everybody to kind of yeah. jump on board this PlayStation 4, when would that ever happen? What console do you know that was the new next biggest mm-hmm. thing, PlayStation 2, PlayStation, that it took a transition time? I mean, yeah, they're still lingering. They're always lingering around. They yeah. still made games for another year or whatever. But, man, everybody jumped on board and had to have this new PS2. Everybody's talking about it. PlayStation 4, everybody's like, what? They, I mean, what's it do? Look, here's the pictures of it, and you're like... Well, I, you know, one just looks different, not better or worse. It just looks different than the PS3 version. Well, the big kicker for things like the PS1 to PS2 is is when the PS2 came out, if you wanted exclusive games for PlayStation, you had to right. go to PS2. That's what they need to do. With with the PS3 to PS4, if you wanted exclusive games, you could have the PS3 or PS4. It yep. didn't matter. But you see, know, they so, did that because they knew, hey, we're not selling as fast as we should. Exactly. It, it kind of saved them a little bit. And it actually probably helped kickstart the PS4 a little bit, too. So, but anyway, yeah, that's real interesting. It's interesting. It's kind of a, a interesting time again in gaming. We're kind of coming up to that and see how this is going to play out. Because, I mean, how how 
much of a jump in graphics can you actually go? I mean, it's only, you know, start barely yeah. creeping along it's, unless it's some kind of augmented reality. I mean, what else, how, what's the best you can, but every, every time there's a new system, I was like, oh, it can't get better than this. Oh, it can't get better than this. And it somehow yep. would. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, speaking of systems and older systems, um, let's talk about some collecting. Let's uh, do it. Retro game collecting and uh, pops. What do you got on, I mean, what do you got to say on the pops? You think, uh, actually, just go ahead and tell me about it. You, you're a collector okay. of pops, so you like you like collecting. Uh, I know you've kind of started getting the games, collectors editions games. Is kind of yeah. what you like to do too. I, I do collectors edition games, and I'm starting to get back into the game collecting. So I'm kind of a step. I'm kind of step back from you on the whole video game collecting at this point because I'm getting back into all of it and everything, and trying to do the whole collection thing. By the way, just to let you know, I randomly won. A SNES Mini. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? A con- there, there was another contest that I was involved <laughs> are you in. Serious? What contest? Yeah. It that was a contest. Or something? No, it was a contest at one of my local game stores here. And wow, that's I put I put in an entry there. They called me up and they said you won it. I saw one one. I was just it was shocked about that. So I just want to add crazy. that in since we're talking about collecting. And it's I just like think it's my own contest going on. I, that's what I said. I was like, <laughs> I got my own contest for one going on, and I just won one. So I actually have one now. So that's kind of exciting <laughs> that's that I have one. Crazy. But it was kind of funny too. Wow. So that's but, funny. So with me, I like collecting the collector's editions of games because they always come out with some neat exclusive content. And I like, I've gotten into collecting pops. I started with Star Wars, I branched out into Marvel, and then I've got a few Destiny pops, because I do, I did like Destiny. I mean, there, there's still things about Destiny I like. I hope one day that it gets resurrected and possibly saved, but that's something that we'll have to hope and pray for way down the road. But, I've got uh, pops. Um, I, I'll put up a picture tomorrow on our Facebook page of my pop collection, because I have it all at work. And it's really neat. It won't be able to show all my pops in one picture, but I'll show it. It's it's a pretty neat little layout that I've got. But I've even had friends. I, I collect it so much. I even have friends that when I w- get into work, I will find a random pop sitting on my desk that somebody has gotten me because I only collect the exclusive ones. I don't collect the ones that aren't that aren't exclusive. I've got a few that aren't. But that was just What's because an exclusive of Star Wars. pop, though. I mean, so so they have so they have exclusives that are exclusive that you can only get at certain stores because they sell okay. them at Walmart, at Walgreens, at Toys R Us, Target. I mean, they sell them everywhere. GameStop, whatever. So these exclusive ones sometimes are limited or hard to get. So I, I, I collect those because I like to chase chase those. Now the chase pops are even harder to get because they're even li- more limited exclusives than that. Like the one that I was chasing for a while that I never got was the exclusive Crota that they have at Target. They had a pop of Crota and then they had his chase. His chase was a glow in the dark version of him, but you could only get both at Target and the chase was 1 in 6. Every time, you know, every for basically for every 6 regular Crotas there should be one chase Crota. Well, I've no, I haven't seen a Chase Crota in the wild. I haven't gotten one, and I was chasing them back when they were actually the regular. The regular exclusive Crota was around uh, three hundred dollars on the aftermarket, and the Chase Crota was about seven hundred dollars. So they've all come down greatly in price since then because the market's been the market has gotten saturated with them. But you do see that right now. You know, I've got a Chrome Batman from um, the uh, New York Comic Con. He's worth about. 
I think he's at about forty bucks right now. I've got uh, a the uh, Cloud City Duel. It's a two pop piece. That's basically if you remember the Cloud City Duel from Star Wars, where Vader chops off Luke's hand. Mm-hmm. I basically had that scene. One of my buddies actually gave that to me for Christmas, so I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I've got actually, I've actually got a pop. I've got a couple pops that are actually outside of Marvel, which the Batman I just just mentioned. I got a Wonder Woman that uh, she's got cross bracers. It was actually one of the Christmas pops from Funko, and then which Funko is the company that makes all these, by the way, if you don't know. And then I also have a uh, pop of um, Mag the Mighty, which is from Game of Thrones. He's the first giant that you meet. He's the king of the giants. Okay. So I have a pop of him, and he's like a six. He's like a six-inch pop. He's about like I don't know if you can see my hands very well. He's about like that yeah. big. Well, the one that I just recently got that I love is my ten-inch Hulk from Ragnarok. Basically, he's got the hammer, he's got the armor on and everything, and that sucker literally is like my chest. He's like this big. Like, he's huge. <laughs> I mean, just honking huge. I'll take a picture, and he dwarfs everything. I also have collected, um, so there there were limited edition um, figurines of the Destiny characters of the Hunter, the Warlock, and the Titan, and I have the Walmart exclusive of the Hunter, I have the GameStop exclusive of the Warlock, and I have the uh, Target exclusive of the uh, Titan. And then I also have Lord Saladin. He's actually a little bit bigger than the rest of them. He actually comes with his big old honking axe. He's got a removable helmet that you can put on and off him. He's got his cape, everything. I mean, really cool, fully articulate character. Like I said, I'll take a picture and let y'all see all that. I've got, um, basically, I've got a, uh, let's see... I've got stress balls of the... This is how much I like Destiny. They, they made a stress ball set of the different types of Ingrams, of the green, the blue, the purple, and the gold. So I have the full set of those, which for a while they were really hard to find. And then I have uh, three pops from them. I have Crota. I have Xur. Who else did I have? And Atheon, because they were all exclusive. Atheon was exclusive to GameStop, and so was Xur. And then Crota was the exclusive to Target. And that that's my pop collection stuff for for that. So the and most my, expensive one. What's the one that's worth the most of a right pops? now? What's the average pop go for? I mean, what, so an average pop, you go in a store, you can buy a pop anywhere from from eight ninety nine to twelve ninety nine. That's about the average range of normal. Walk into the store, buy a brand new pop off the shelf. You can get them for as low as five dollars on sale bins and stuff like that. But if you go into and you look at uh, you look at collections, there are some pops going for like fifteen hundred dollars. On the aftermarket, Jeez. so you can buy one for a few hundred dollars. Let me. What's um, the What's the one that you? What's the most expensive one you have? The most expensive one or, I have right yeah. now is Hulk. He's worth forty-seven bucks. So okay. I haven't been able to. I haven't been able to get some of the really rare ones because they're really hard to get. But I, I'm watching for them. I'm trying to get them. I'm trying to pull up where I can see where. So you some don't of these. buy them and try to resell them if you get a good deal. You buy them to try to keep them. I buy them for my collection. I want them for my yeah. my collection. So. Um, I'm fixing to see. I've got my pop price guy here pulled up. I'm gonna see if I can find out uh, some ones that are uh, expensive. But like, it's just crazy how 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 some of these are, you know, prices go for these. So right now, if you pull up, uh, this is from um, Pop Price Guide. The there was a an exclusive Ned Stark that his head would come off. You know, because Ned Stark at the end <laughs> of season one. If you haven't watched Game of Thrones, this is a spoiler alert. Ned Stark gets his head chopped off. Well, they had one of this, and it was an exclusive. 
And if you have it in the box right now, you can sell it for, on an average, of $1,225.92. Yeah, wow. So that's, that's he's number two, right now he's number two on the list. Number one on the list is a Animation Pop Aurelia Vegeta. And he goes for $1,635.50. So... They, they they can go for a lot of money. The uh most expen the third most expensive is a Star Wars one that I've actually tried to chase and I could not get. I almost did get. It's a Pop Star Wars Shadow Trooper. Just that's all it is, and it's one thousand fifty dollars fifty seven dollars and twenty cents right now. So I mean wow. these things just go for some crazy money. You know I know a, I have a friend that actually has the headless Ned Stark, but he's out of box. Out of box, he's still worth about eight hundred dollars. Hmm. So. You know these things go for a lot of money, and if you catch them, I like I like getting the ones from the Comic Con that are exclusive. I'm trying to get a hold of a Lord of the Rings Balrog that's glow in the dark. He's a six inch figure, so he's one of the little bit bigger ones because most of them are about like this size right here. They're they're little bitty guys. They're basically bobbleheads. So, and I've got some some ones too that they called um that they call that they're soft ones. They're plushes. I've got a plush of Deadpool, so that's kind of funny because he's got a big head, little body. And I've got a, uh, a Captain America like that and a Thor like that. So, you know, it's a lot of fun just trying to collect these things and have it. And I've got it all set up in a little scene. I've got other little Star Wars stuff with my Star Wars guys. I actually have the um, Destiny 2 fidget spinner that was given away for pre-orders that only if you pre-ordered between like three days that they were giving it away, I got a hold of one of those. I could actually sell that thing for 70 bucks right now. Yeah. People would pay $70. For a fidget spinner. <laughs> Crazy. You know, and uh, I also have the little uh, uh, Cade 6 figurine that was given away for uh, for that. Of course, I've got the whole entire collector's edition of uh, Destiny 2. It came with the backpack, which I really thought the backpack was pretty nice. I haven't used it yet. And it came with all kinds of other stuff. But yeah, I like collector, collector collector's editions. Um I know this is outside of our gaming stuff, but if you're a geek, you know about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I actually bought the collector's edition of it, and it comes with an original piece of the film strip in there. So I've got the I've got the little card that has an original piece of the film strip from the original film. Yeah, that's so cool. that's that's pretty neat. So I mean, I like collecting things like that. That's that's kind of my thing. Um, right now, I've got uh, as far as old systems, I actually got a PlayStation Two. I've got a Xbox 360. That's the Modern Warfare 3 edition. And I have a uh, Super Nintendo and just a few games on it. Uh, Fantasy Star Online is one of the games that I have that's actually a valuable game that I have. I just never got rid of it. And so I'm collecting it. Of course, I've got ToeJam & Earl uh, Panic on Funkatron. And i got a few other games, too. Um, nothing just super high, high, high thing. I've got Super Mario Kart... Uh, Super Mario All-Stars, and I forget what other Super Nintendo game I've got. i got three of those. So I'm kind of getting back into it slowly. Um, I've got Rogue Squadron on the N64. That's right, I've got my N64 as well. I've got Rogue Squadron. Uh, so I'm starting to slowly get back into it. I, I like I, I go hit up Game Exchange pretty regularly now, and they, they have a few things every once in a while. So, so let's talk about this for a second, the uh, collecting. So... Um... Yeah, a lot of people collect those figurines and stuff like that. Collecting's a, a weird thing because usually stuff that is supposed to be collectible is not what's collectible. Yep. Um, you know, it's stuff that 
the real, real valuable stuff is either, like you're saying, stuff that's hard to get or stuff that you didn't know is collectible. Mm-hmm. The example is a Super Nintendo or a Nintendo game in a box. Mm-hmm. You know, we everybody thought it was packaging back in 1986. Nobody knew that yep. it was part of the game. Sega put it out in a plastic case. So a friend of mine, Dave, kind of, kind of turned me on to collecting a little bit. He's a big coin collector and uh, huge, um, very smart with it, and he knows everything about it. And because he just loves it, it's his hobby. So that's that's. There's several rules to collecting. Uh, one is obviously you want to do something that you're going to be interested in. Otherwise, you're not going to really kind of get into it. So me, I like video games. It's been a hobby. I like it. And I do like coin collecting to some degree or kind of historical stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I like, you know, like he sold me some Morgan uh, silver dollars from 1886, right? And uh, I like it because it's Western and some of them have mm-hmm. been cleaned. Well, if you're a coin collector and something's been cleaned, you usually discard it right away. But I'll pay a little bit of a cheaper price because I just like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so... That that type of thing. And then the other is knowledge is power, which we're going to talk about a little yeah. bit for the video game. I'm going to give you guys a couple of hints, a couple of tricks on uh, what to look for on various games. Um, and, yeah, it's not easy, you know, in terms of you just walk into the store. It takes a lot of research on your part. I'm going to kind of give you guys a head start, I hope, uh, if you want to get started on collecting. So he turned me on to that kind of stuff, and that's where I started to really start looking into what do I, I mean, like a friend of ours, John Dre, he's a baseball card collector. He's been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. And he just knows a lot about baseball and he knows about the players that are current and the ones that aren't. He has a little method that he does to actually make some money on it. Some fun, uh, some little money that he can buy and, and, and trade uh, his cards. So um, he yeah, kind of turned me to it too. Yeah, I forgot well, he I, did that. I've got well, a, he did it a long time ago, but then he, you know, just maybe a few years ago, he told me about it and he's just like, you need to start doing video games because you seem to know a lot about them i said okay yeah, that's a good idea well so i got an, started looking into that i got an entire 1996 edition of tops of the all the baseball cards from that year yeah so i need well, to anything go to him and say, 1990s what you <laughs> anything 1990s and up is completely worthless man that's, uh, because, that's what i figured because everybody was collecting then yeah. and uh and that's you know it really is i hate it's like i mean i got like Shaquille O'Neal rookies, Michael Jordans, all this is nothing, like 10 bucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, everybody's collecting this. So, like I said, once everybody kind of gets turned on to collecting, it starts to get, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not that worth that much. So, uh, ironically, in video games, if you start talking about something about Super Nintendo or Nintendo, inevitably, some, inevitably somebody will say, I got a Zelda, I got a Mario 3, you know, and those are phenomenal games. And they're worth yep. a little bit more than your average game, but you got to keep in mind those games are popular. They sold a lot of those games, so there's a lot of them out there. The more there are out there, the less the price. Uh, so Mario Three might go for fifteen bucks, ten bucks. Zelda's fifteen and twenty. You know, there's a silver, there's a uh, gray cart and a gold cart. I think the gray, they're about the same. But, uh, but anyway. You know, so there's different variations of carts. That's really where you get into the, the tricks and, and kind of learning what's valuable and what's not. Um, well, before we jump too far in that, I forgot to add my one thing that I told you I was going to tell you that's special about my collection. Okay. So, remember back in the day, what was one of our most favorite toys that we had? What, like Ninja Turtles or something? It's Ninja Turtles. And this one is, I've got him, I, I found him at a place in Chattanooga. He is in the box. 
Can you guess which one it is? And it's <laughs> no from. Idea. And I'll tell you this. I'll make it easier for you. It's from one of the movies. Uh, like a super shredder or something. I have a super shredder in the box. <laughs> That's how you know. from, from the Ninja Turtle Two movie. Okay. So I thought that was pretty cool that I found that, and that's kind of for me. It might not be a crowning point po- uh, piece for anybody else, but for me, because there's so much history and so much nostalgia, because that's a time from when me and Hollywood were young, and I have my my Super Shredder from back then, but his pads have been ripped off and things like this. But this guy, he's in the box. He's mint. This is all you know. It was awesome that I found it. So, all right. So, um, let's see. I'm sorry for derailing you on that. Well, yeah, I want to I want to kind of give them some t- tips on it instead of just kind of talking about it ours. Uh, I mean, I do want to kind of get into mine too a little bit, but uh, kind of want to just for somebody that wants to get interested in it. Obviously, you want to collect what you know or what you know and what you want. Mm-hmm. That's where you're gonna. You're, it's got to be something that you're interested in because then you're not gonna do the you're not gonna do enough research on it. You know, like you're saying to yeah. for your pops and stuff. To, uh, to really know where these exclusives come out, to really know the different variations of games, uh, and to even know if this is a legit game, because there are fakes out there. Uh, so yep. I got started with the... Uh, I kind of started watching... One of the best places to look is YouTube. I mean, it really is. Look at mm-hmm. Metal Jesus Rocks. Look at uh, Cinemassacre. Look at Classic Gaming... Uh, Quarterly, something like that. I can't remember exactly what it's called. Pretty much anything. Pat the NES Punk. All these, just it's like a little subculture. A lot of kind of in Seattle. Uh, Kelsey Lewin. I uh, actually met her. She owns Purple Gorilla Games in uh, Seattle. While I was there. Walked in there to see it. She knows everything about these games. She's a, a guest on Metal Jesus Rocks. Metal Jesus Rocks used to work for Sierra, and they, and they just it's just a group of people that love gaming. So they're going to kind of give you the, uh, some people kind of hate on it a little bit because they say, oh, you talked about these games and now that makes them, the prices shoot up because you've mentioned it now the world knows about it mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And he literally said, well, I don't know what to do about that. I just want to talk about great games. So, um, and you know, just because something's old does not necessarily make it valuable. Just because something's yep. fun doesn't make it valuable. Like I was saying, Super Nintendo Mario 3 and Zelda, some of the rarest game like Dinosaur coloring, color dinosaur is a NES game that's worth a lot of money, and it sucks. Nobody played it, right? Stuff like that. I mean, the stadium uh, events. I mean, that's that game. Is- you know, stadium events is super rare because they put it out and they had to recall it. Mm-hmm. So there's like you know double digits amount of stadium mm-hmm. events out there. World Nintendo Championships that only release like five gold carts. You know, stuff like that. Those are super rare. So those are rare, and if you want a complete collection, yeah, you got to do that. But then you got the the, super, the North American collection, the European, you know, which one is official Nintendo? Because you got Wisdom Tree, Tengen, all these other different uh, companies that released unofficially uh, licensed NES games. So those count in the collection. There's eight hundred something NES games. Uh, so that's kind of where I started with mine, and I just kind of got the ones. I don't know how many I have now. I mean, probably. I might have a hundred. I don't know, but I just got the ones that I liked and uh, that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I try not to pay retail for them. It's more fun to kind of find them out in the wild. But people know this stuff now. They know that their games are valuable, and they try to. They don't know anything about it. But if you get a Donkey Kong or a Mario, and you go try to buy one from somebody, they're like, oh, "I know how valuable this is." Like, no, you don't. It's a Mario. Yeah. <laughs> just because you think it's popular, it is popular. That's why it's not worth it that much. 
Uh, so you just look for stuff like that. Like, the, for example, we talked about the Mario in the black box that sold for $30,000. Well, if you're just careless, you can go on eBay right now and find a sealed black box Mario for 600 bucks and go, oh, man, that's a great deal. This one sold for 30000 and just buy it offhand. But little did you know, it's because it had the hang tab on the back. That's what made it so valuable. Yep. So if you know this and you see somebody, I'm not saying to rip somebody off. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what I would do in that situation. I would probably not buy it because... You know, if you see somebody has a hang tab and you're like, oh, we only, all, this sealed in box, I'll give you, you can buy it for 50 bucks. And you're like, this is worth like 30 grand. And it's a moral dilemma now. Do you buy it and go yeah. sell it for 30 grand or do you say, hey, this is worth a lot more? So stuff like that. And some resellers, I mean, you go to these flea markets and stuff and you see uh, these vendors that have them all, all these games. Just I've seen a Mario duck hunt. There's like thousands of these. They're like $2. Try to sell it for fifteen dollars. I said, "Dude, are you crazy?" Well, it depends on the condition. I'm like, "Dude, I got a conditioned Mario. I'll sell you for five dollars right now. <laughs> you know, I'll yeah. go. I'll break. I'll keep bringing them." But he's just trying to make money on people that mm-hmm. don't know anything about games. They just want exactly. to go through the nostalgia factor. So you got to watch out for that stuff. I actually dealt with. I've got one of those guys around here. He he he's in a little flea market. He's got a booth over here, and I actually saw a Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Yeah, and I was like, seen. "Oh my gosh!" He had it for he had it for twenty five dollars. It, it had the high. box with it and everything. Oh, the box. And okay, it was the way, it was the box and instruction manual and everything with it. And I looked it up and I was like, "Okay, box and instruction manual." Yeah, they were going for about thirty five. So I was like, "Okay, not too bad." I should have bought it. I didn't. But when I was talking to him, he was like, "Oh yeah, man, that's a, that's a super valuable game and all this kind of stuff." And I'm like, "Dude, I just looked it up. I know the true value of it and everything." I know that if it was out of box, you know, ten to fifteen bucks, which should be an average price for it. Yeah, so, you know, and he had and he had some games that were marked super high too, and he was kind of like that. He had I laughed because his case had a big, huge stack of Mario's, and he had twenty twenty dollars on each Mario game. Yeah, and just, I'm like, I'm like, you're just too high for it. So, and they'll sit there on it all day. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. There's one guy that just will keep selling, trying to sell it. Do you ain't gonna sell it, man? Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you doing? And then, you know, you can't compete with eBay and Amazon. You got to be able to compete with eBay and Amazon prices. Mm-hmm. They opened up a retro game store called Retro Age and Pier Park in Panama City Beach, where I live. And that I've heard that if you have a where that where that uh, game store was, if you t- every month the rent to lease that building ten grand a month. Oh God! And you are not going to sell ten grand a month in retro game. No. First of all, that's very dangerous because retro games are a limited commodity. Where do you even get them? Mm-hmm. And I still don't know to this day. There's one woman that I that I always go buy my retro games for. She gives me a military discount, all this stuff, and uh, and she's reasonable. Sometimes she's a little bit lower, but I also get the ten percent off. And she knows I'm a collector. She hooks me up sometimes, but um, she, I don't know where she gets them. But she's got them. They, people bring them to her all the time. She just got to be the only one. And another one called Dusty's over here in Panama City. It's actually in, um, it's just a little bit north, but I can't remember what it's called. But they used to have a good thing going because they, they realized, they said, we can't compete with eBay and Amazon. We have to sell them lower. Well, then now, they, they said that we would go to the lowest price on Amazon. It will knock off 10%. That's how, so I was there all the oh, time. wow. <laughs> but then they just went, no, we're going to sell them for what they're worth now. Yeah. And they do give a 10% discount too, but I can't go in there uh, because your prices are a little high now. Mm-hmm. So you had a good thing going and you were going to constantly sell, but you know, whatever. 
So these are things you make connections. So obviously when you want to when you want to start collecting, you need to let somebody know you're collecting. A lot of people will just sell you or donate to you because they know you're a collector. Mm-hmm. Somebody gave me a a Raiden uh it's a oh my gosh. I got to look it up because just just at work they knew I was a video game collector and they brought in a PS1 game right the Raiden the Raiden project. All right, the Raiden Project just brought it in. I was like, he said, yeah, man, I don't play it anymore. It's fun. If you have a, lo- a stressful day at work, you can uh, you can play it. I was like, okay, cool. And I had no idea what about He knew I collected games, and I collect for all systems for the most part. And, I'm gonna, and I looked it up, and the Raiden Project's trending for $35, about 40 bucks. Okay. Um, pretty good. Pretty decent. Yeah. So I said, dude. It's and this one's for sale for sixty four dollars. It's in the big case. Some the disc only is forty. The one with the big case, the long box, like I got seventy bucks. And it's like, dude, I said it's a seventy dollar game, man. You sure you want to just give it to me? He's like, yeah, take it. And so I played it. It's a fun game. So so that's how I get some of my stuff. And anybody on YouTube will tell you that's how they get their stuff. But anyway, so. Craigslist, sometimes you can get good stuff that's hit or miss. eBay, you're probably going to play retail. If you're just always on it, sometimes you can get a good buy it now. Um, somebody that doesn't know anybody that's trying to sell something, buy it in bulk. It, it, it almost always goes for retail, almost mm-hmm. every time, because everybody's yeah. looking for that stuff. That's the same way with me and Pops on eBay. If you, you hit, hit, hit eBay with it, you're most likely going to pay a higher price. Um, yeah. th- there's a couple Facebook groups that I follow that we actually do trading and all that inside and you can actually get pretty good deals and it, it works better if you like Hollywood said if you tell people you're a collector you tend to get more back out of it like with people my, my people at GameStop they know I'm a collector when they've had the leftovers from you know giving out game, you know you, sometimes if you pre-order the game you get this little figurine or whatever They've handed me a stack of those before because they know I'm a collector. I've got a little Lego helicopter from them that was when they sold the Lego game a couple years ago, and my little my little son loves that little Lego helicopter. He plays with it all the time. But you know, I told them I'm a collector, and they just hand me this stuff. So definitely take that advice. That's that's probably one of the best pieces of advice is to just tell people you're a collector. You, you'll you'll end up getting stuff and stuff back really easy. Yeah, and kind of know the market here in terms of uh, what's coming out. Like, take Earthbound, for example. The game used to a Super Nintendo game. Did not sell good. It's not rare. It's kind of weird. Why is it... It used to be $200, $250. Mm-hmm. Why is it so expensive? It's a great game. Um, yep. But this, you can go on eBay and look, and there's... I mean, I'm looking right now. I'm just scrolling through. I scroll all the way down the bottom of the page, and it's just Earthbound carts, Earthbound carts, all the way down. This is not rare at all. Mm-hmm. Um but it's expensive. But Earthbound came out on a virtual console for Wii U. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's on the SNES Mini. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's on the SNES so Mini. The price for that cart has dropped to about 150 All right. Another big one. I'm going to say how much it is. Sui Code in 2 for PlayStation. That's what yeah. I owned. I bought Sui Code in 1 and 2 back in the day. And I kept them because I love them. They're so much fun. And, uh, and now, okay, yeah, so buy it now, pre-owned, complete, $130, right? It used to be $250. There's a sealed one right now for $425. This is what people are asking for. it. I don't know what it's worth, but it's going to be somewhere around there. Uh, it used to be $250, $300. The reason it's not so much anymore, because PlayStation Vita, 
you can now. I don't know if you can do Suicune 2 anymore, but it came out on the PlayStation Shop for a while. So now that, that was used to be the only way to play it. So the point is, know these games, know how you can, know, you know, where can you play these games. If it's the only way to play it, and it's a rare game, but to play it by the card or the CD, then you're going to have something on your hands. Okay. Um, let's see. Other stuff to think about. La label variations. Know the fakes from the, from the uh, real ones. Uh, if you're going to start getting into that, especially for these expensive games, uh, kind of learn what's expensive uh, and what's not. You can just go look up rare Super NES games, collectible Super NES games, collectible Nintendo games, whatever on YouTube and learn that way. But one thing nobody talks about, and I'm going to give to you guys because you are H&K listeners and you can hear it here. But let's talk about Nintendo games, the, brand, the very first ones, okay? If you look closely, a lot of people don't realize this. It's very subtle. I probably was collecting. It's not super subtle, but, I mean, you just don't notice this until after. Uh, I'm going to give you two bits of information. If you look in the back of a super or the back of an NES cart, count the number of screws on the back. There's three in a standard one. The top part of the cart pinches together. Well, the older games, when they first started coming out the first year or two, they had five screws in the back. And you can look at the very top of the cart if you're looking down on the label, and it is smooth. It doesn't see you, you know what an NES cart you're looking at in your head right now. It's smooth on the top. Okay, variations. Learn them. Uh, which one is more a five screw Mega Man versus a three screw Mega Man? Somebody that has a Mega Man, they go, I'll sell this Mega Man. One of the rarest games of all time, a five-screw Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. One of the very first ones. Super rare. Mike Tyson Punch-Out goes for 20 25 bucks. A five-screw? Who knows? So if somebody wants to sell a Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, buy it now on eBay for 25 bucks, and you look closely, and it's a five-screw, snatch it. You might get lucky and be the only one. You're at flea markets or whatever. Look for these different variations. They're older. Some of them are only five. And just because it's five-screw doesn't mean it's the rare variation. Some there's... The variation is the three screw that's so rare. So think about that. Look for that kind of stuff. Research that stuff. Okay? That's for the H&K listeners. Here's another one for you. Take an old game like Gumshoe. It's a five screw. Okay? This is for you too. Clear. Mm -hmm. The five screw Gumshoe. Just a Gumshoe game. Light gun game. You can pick them up. Some of them are heavier than others. Because if you unscrew it, and take it out, you know what's in there? Mm -mm. <laughs> You're reading. This is super important. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm listening to you now. This is super important because you know what's in there? You'll never guess. I got a battery. one. A battery. A, ba a battery? No. You unscrew it, it's a translator. All they did was take a Super Famicom translator. So you could buy any oh Famicom gosh. game and yeah. unscrew it and put it in that cart and play it on your regular NES. Oh, it's wow. A, it's a translator in there. You unscrew it. I don't even know if it's a translator is the wrong word. But you unscrew it, and that little pin connector at the bottom, all it is is a basic a transfer case, kind of like a... Um, so Kind of like Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah, it's just like that. And it has the, an American version of Gumshoe on top of that to translate it. So anyway, or the Famicom, oh, wow. excuse me, the Famicom version of gumshoe on top of that translator so then it translates over so all you have to do is unscrew it take that gumshoe out buy any famicom game you want put it back in that translator and you can play any game you want to oh wow yet. that's awesome so stuff like that that uh i want h and k to take with them 
Uh, yes, I was you guys look, go forward. I was actually looking up the five screw Mike Tyson. It goes for about one twenty. One hundred twenty is all. Yeah. That's what I on there. That's what this. Uh, this is uh from a a group uh, a group around June 9th of this past year. That's like yeah, about one twenty for it. Ah, uh, I don't know. Somebody saying three hundred dollars for a loose cartridge. This is somebody, just a loose cartridge. So somebody offered five hundred with somebody I saw for a okay for a five screw. But anyway, you can you can look at them and see what uh, like I, I can look at these pictures. I'm so good at I can seen it so many times that you can look at it and just see the the front of it and you can tell the little it just doesn't have the two notches on the side. If you see notches on the very top, it should be completely flat over the top. If you see notches on the far left and right, it's a three screw. Um. So it's just little things like that, but yeah, be, but anyway, we're great. Great, one hundred twenty. Dude wants to sell you a Mike Tyson punch out for twenty bucks. Go make you a hundred bucks. Exactly. You know that kind of stuff. You know, did you do your research on it? You just want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so stuff like that. If you got Mega Man's, those are always uh, a bestseller for whatever reason. Mega Man's, particularly the late, late, latest ones, four, five, and six, go for a lot of money. Godzilla Two is one of the NES games I got. It's like two hundred bucks. I mean, excuse me, a hundred wow. bucks. Uh, used to be, and then tournament fighters for Nintendo. So another another rule of collecting is a, the later in a system's life, like I think tournament fighters came out in '94. Mm-hmm. So it's the only fighting game on the NES for the mo- well, it's not the only one, but it's one of the better ones. And it came out so late, nobody bought it, so it's worth a lot of money. I'm gonna look it up right now, see how much it is. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, it it <laughs> still corrected to tent. <laughs> Tournament Fighters. Uh, I got to put NES because there's a bunch of them. There's one on NES, Super NES, and all that. Yeah, 150 bucks is what somebody's asking for it loose. So uh, wow, there's one sponsored one for 230. It's going up. So yeah, that's wow. That's probably one of the most expensive. Okay, so so this is a TMMT Tournament Fighters Nintendo 100% complete in box. $529.95. $529.95. Yeah. I see the cart right there for $180. Uh, Loose. This, this wow. one person... This one person... Okay, here. I'm fixing to blow you away. This is a completely sealed version of that game. Somebody's trying to sell it for $1,700. Yes. I don't know. Somebody might if they want to get a sealed collection. So that's... Uh, that that brings up a good point. So there's other there's different types of collection. I do not buy. I got some sealed games, but it's just because I just got a real good deal on them. But I do not like some of the uh, John Hancock's. They call him the Immortal John Hancock. Another guy. He's out of Portland, but he's kind of in the Seattle scene. He has a Portland Gaming Expo every year. Um, seems like a real good dude. I never met him or anything, but um, he uh, he has he he'll open a sealed box. He doesn't care. He wants to play. So, people that do these sealed collectors are just kind of like, you know, that's fine. People just want to look at them. I do not want a sealed collector. I like to play the games. I like to be interactive with them, with the things that I buy. Well, yeah, what's the point of buying it if you can't play it? I mean, now, granted, my things like my pops and everything, I keep a lot of them in the box because that's that. And I I don't go play with toys anymore, so that's a little (laughs) different. But for games, I mean, why wouldn't you want to play it? As long as you don't tear the game up and make any marks on it, I think that's great because then you can say, hey, it's working. Because I remember back in the day, Nintendo every once in a while did ship a cart that didn't work. You know, you do have those. Yeah. So, I mean, you could possibly have this, 
game that you just paid $1,700 for in a sealed box. If you opened it up tomorrow, you find out that it doesn't work, then it's completely worthless at that point. And you find out it's not even in there. That's the thing. Yeah. These, these H, there's different seals, too. The H seal on the back. So they, all I'm trying to get at, guys, there's a lot to it. So go in there and study it if you really want to get into it. Like, look at this final. I'm looking at Final Fantasy VIII. I do have a sealed Final Fantasy VIII for PlayStation. And the only reason I do, because I bought it a long time ago, off of eBay, and it's the green label, so there's a difference. The green label's greatest hits, and a black label. Black label's one of the first ones. That black label's gonna go for a little bit more if it's sealed. Um, but I just happened, I bought it for like 20 bucks, brand new, and it's like right, you know, that like right now, the Wii U is gonna be good to collect for. Anytime there's a dying system, mm-hmm. it's gonna start getting cheap, but then you, you know, if you gotta give it five, six, seven, eight years, then the games will start going up again. But, uh, you know, I still have that sealed collection. I play, I play Final Fantasy VIII on my Vita, so I just bought it on the uh, the download digital version on the Vita. So I don't need to open my Final Fantasy VIII. I got two. I got I think I got three Final Fantasy VII's, man. Either two or three. I just happened to get it in another batch or something. I got the green and the the black seal, and that's the original one that I bought. But yeah, stuff like that. So here's another thing they got going on for the Vita. The Vita has something they called limited run games. It's a new company that they'll make limited runs on games. Mm. So they'll make 2,500 of a game. It guarantees they'll sell out of them. They'll make 5,000 of a game. Mm-hmm. You can just look up and you got to buy it off the website. I mean, they'll go for, you don't have to buy it. You can buy it secondhand, you know, of course, but. I own five of five sealed limited run games from Vita that I got for like two hundred bucks or something, so forty dollars each. And I don't know if they're going to be valuable or not. You never know. Vita is not a popular system, so, so that's that, another reason to collect for it. So, so that brings up something that's actually fixing to happen real soon. Did you know that GameStop is re-releasing Secret of Mana? Now you can either buy it the digital copy, or you can buy the limited release CD of it. Yeah, you said you'd mentioned that one on one of the podcasts. February fifteenth is the drop date. I think I'm fixing to go pre-reserve one just to have one and absolutely and do that because I think that would be great to have. Because if you're looking at collecting, that'd be great. Now it's a reworked game; it's it's remastered and everything. But I mean, it could be a game that becomes valuable one day. So getting it in disc copy, I think, would be a good idea, especially considering that's a limited run and that's what we're take, talking about now with limited runs. Yeah, that, I, I, if I do that, I'm going to buy one and then just get a digital copy to play and keep that one sealed. Mm-hmm. And so and so, here's the thing. So that is going to be a collectible because it's limited. So is it going to be through the roof astronomical at some point? Probably not because here's where collecting starts getting expensive. Because look at where we are. We're mid-30s. Mm-hmm. So we're, we've got jobs. We're, you know, we're established families and whatever. And sometimes you want to just go back and play some old games. So we have money now, you know, so that's yeah. when you go buy your NES games. The limited edition Secret of Mana, if you want to go be nostalgic for Secret of Mana, you go play the NES, Super NES version. Yep. You're not going to really have a kid now that's going to, I mean, he may, but it's going to be very limited. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be one or two that play uh, the remake for the first time and they love it. And then when they get 20 years down the road and like, oh, I remember I used to play that game. If they don't yep. own it, they might be nostalgia for it. It's particularly if it's digital only. Here's the thing, too, about digital only. And this is why I do not buy digital only. I mean, I, I have some digital only games. Mm-hmm. Something like Battlefront 2. Okay, I bought that digital only because the server, you're never going to, I mean, that does have a single player. 
But like Call of Duty or anything online, yeah. you know, 15 years from now, SOCOM, you can't play it anymore. The servers are down. Nope. So those are going to be gone. You know, so those are like Destiny. Nobody's going to play Destiny. Nope. You can't play it when the servers are down. So these are dangerous games. To, you're not going to collect Destiny. You know, uh, Collector's Edition, you know, yeah, those are different. They come with other little trinkets and stuff. Exactly. But, but just uh, you got to think about the game itself. Anything that has a server where you have online mainly, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a lure. It's not going to be, you can't play it later. So who cares? It's, These uh, RPGs are where it's yeah. at for collectors. Mm-hmm. I mean, sports games are, uh, by the way, if you are a collector or trying to get into it, sports games are completely worthless. There are a few exceptions, though. Look for them on uh, Nintendo 64. There's a couple of sports games. I think it's like International Soccer 2000. Mm-hmm. It's very rare, but it's a sports yeah. game. Somebody, I bought a Tecmo Super Bowl for a dollar because it's, it's like 20-something dollars. And they're like, yeah. oh, it's sport. they put it in the sports bin. They didn't care. Foop. This is going to be worthless when they were right 99.9% of the time. Yeah. When I go into game exchange, uh, I see stacks upon stacks of sports games. The yep. the games that you're looking to collect and trying to find to collect, you very, very, very rarely find any good collections stuff there. I mean, you do. I walked in there and I saw a, a NES Mini in there. Completely sealed. Wanted $200 for yeah, it. Silliness. You know, I no, mean, like- I got... I go in there and I'm very wary of that store from now on. I mean, I mean, one thing that I am looking for is a PlayStation Three that's backwards compatible. You know, I want to have one. They actually market wise, they will sell it for eighty dollars. Not too bad. So if they get one, they could sell it for eight. That's actually good because most when you go look for them, most of the time for a backwards compatible one, you're going to pay upwards almost almost like you would for PlayStation Four. Now I've seen them go for three four hundred dollars before. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, you can you can look up and find companies that do stuff like that too. So, if you go to a game store, a flea market, or whatever, flea markets, you're gonna have to get there early. There are people, or garage sales. I mean, I, yes. and they are people. I'm not kidding you. That know when this garage sales are coming out, and they would probably scout around before to look at the houses and say, or call and say, "Do you got any video games?" Yes, I mean you you talk to the people selling. You'll see so many videos and people uh, that I, I've gone to garage sales. Okay, I'm gonna go. They're open at seven. And I show up about nine. And I got any video game stuff? And they're like, "We used to," and then somebody was here like right when I opened, and they just took it all. They are waiting for that, like vultures, man. They just swim oh, yeah. around. That's how they get, that's how these uh, retro game stores stay in business. And uh, there's so many times where they'll have, you know, a couple of games out and you'll buy them and you just say, hey, do you have anything else? Oh, yeah, let me go see. And they'll run in there and grab stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it's really just, it's kind of part of the fun of it, of collecting for video games is that, you know, you just kind of, I mean, somebody was getting rid of their games on craigslist for whatever reasons they just had to get rid of them man they had a mm-hmm. breath of fire uh three or four on playstation a sui code and tactics a radiant uh something i mean all these rpgs like four good yeah. rpgs for like 20 bucks i was like okay he said yeah i just got to get rid of them man my wife's making me so i was like sweet i'll take them so that was on craigslist so you never know mm-hmm. uh what you're gonna what you're gonna get so there are good deals on Craigslist. I mean, check it out every so often. So that's yeah. another weird place to go. You know, learn learn the variations, learn the rare games, learn the learn the uh, stuff that you know people, the average person, or even people that are trying to sell them, they just know a little bit about it, are going to overlook. That's where you're really going to get good deals as a collector. So, 
as I see, we're creeping here quite quite a bit on this. I want to ask you one question, and this right. is this is uh, this is about your collection. If you could look at your collection right now, what would be the one piece you call your jewel of your collection, your crowning achievement piece of your collection? Oh wow, um, I don't know, man. I think my favorite part, one that I have, that is probably ironically, it's one that I bought new and have just kept. It's going to be the Sui Code one and two, probably Sui Code and okay. two on PlayStation, because and it's not even the most expensive one, but it is my favorite. I love mm-hmm. that game. It's one of my favorite games. It is such a great one. So yeah, that would probably be it for sure. But you know, it's just whatever you you kind of you want and you like, and you're willing to put the time in to go do. That's yeah. really the secret to it. Don't just start collecting something because you think you're going to flip it and make money. You're not going to be in it long enough, and you're probably going to end up losing money because you're exactly. not researching enough. If you're if you start doing collecting to try to make money, you're going to lose money. Uh, the the people that I the, the friends that I have that tried to start doing the whole pops thing to grab them to flip them, they've lost more money than they've made. So my advice is if you're going to collect, like Hollywood said, do your research, take your time. Buy it to collect it to keep it. Don't buy it to collect it to flip it, because eventually it's going to catch up to you and you're going to you're going to tank. You're going to lose a lot of money on it. But especially like with with the people that I know that bought these crotas, like I was saying with the pops, they started out at first where you know a, a regular crota exclusive for Target was three hundred dollars on eBay. Now you can get it for twenty bucks. I can go walk into Target <laughs> right now and pay eight ninety nine for a brand new crota. So you're yep. going to lose money if you're not careful. You've got to be careful. You've got to look at the trends. And that's the big thing, especially like with things that are that are new to collecting cuz Pops is a new collecting thing. It has, you know, it's been around for, you know, 10 about 10 years or so, but it's a it's a new collecting thing. So they they trend a lot. So you've got to watch it. You've got to you got to watch what's popular and what is actually going to be a good sell because they've got some characters there that you would think that oh my god that's that that's not popular there's no way that would sell but they go for big big money um the big thing is is they had the serial characters like tricks the rabbit and the um the the uh, monsters from the uh different monster berry uh serials those are going for crazy amount of money because people think that it's going to be a collector's item and they did do limited runs on them, so you kind of have that. I mean, Huckleberry Hound. How many people really, I honestly know Huckleberry Hound the cartoon? You know that <laughs> thing right there. That in the pop world, if you find a Huckleberry Hound, you've got a gold mine because there's a quite a few variations on it, and you know the cheapest variations like forty, fifty bucks. And you could probably buy one for ten bucks if you if you slip up on it just right. So it's it's one of those things where if you're gonna do collecting. Make sure you do a lot of research before you start. Otherwise, it's gonna it'll hurt you. It, it really will. It'll, it'll make you lose money. And you don't want to do that because you want to invest in something that you feel like is going to be a payout for you in the end. And for me, my pops collection is not for me to say, oh, that pop right there is worth 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 bucks. It's to say, dude, that's a cool looking pop. That thing looks awesome. I want to have that right there and pass it down to my son. Because that's how I look at it is, is all my collection stuff is I want to pass this down to my son and hopefully I instill something in him that makes him want to do collecting as well. Um, trust me, I, I come from, I, I'm not trying to promote being a pack rat or anything because trust me, I got pack rats all in my family, but... Collecting can be a lot of fun if you have a passion for it. 
and th- and I think that's where I think that's where me and Hollywood are both trying to push the point is is if you're going to collect, make sure you have a passion for what you're collecting. Otherwise, it's just not going to be fun. Okay, let me give you guys a quick one more tip, and then we'll call this good. The uh, it's kind of on the line, along the lines you were talking about about knowing the trends. Okay, a general rule is if you want to know the value of something, uh, just go to Amazon and type a game. At least just a game. At least I don't know about anything else. I'm just talking about any game in any system. Go and type it in Amazon and search for it, and it's usually ninety percent of the time it's going to be the lowest cost of the game okay but you still have to be careful you have to read the description because you go on there and it says okay you can buy used for 30 bucks and you got a hundred dollar game and you just kind of looked at it real quick and went on your way and sold it for 30 bucks you didn't look at the description the description might be oh heavily damaged or acceptable but all the all the good and like new versions are selling for a hundred bucks but amazon's going to give you that 30 dollar one or label damaged or battery backup doesn't work or whatever the case so but a general rule is that if they're all the same, you can go look at the use and they'll all be, you know, 35 bucks just down the line, then you got a $35 game. You got to count shipping too. Okay, cuz if you you can sell a $40 game on eBay, it's going to sell for $35 if you charge $5 for shipping. If it's free shipping, it's going to sell for 40. I mean, it's just weird yeah. like that. So it don't matter. Offer free shipping, you're going to be fine. Okay. Knowing the trends, here's a perfect example and I got to say I was perfectly. I almost fell victim to it, but I read the trends right. Great game, Nintendo DS called Radiant Historia. All right, it's by Atlas. They released a limited amount of these games, Radiant Historia. At one point, this game was selling for two hundred and something dollars. Okay. It was rare, two hundred something dollars. You wanted this game. It's a phenomenal game. It's kind of like a Chrono Trigger, but a different time. It's an RPG, uh, swords and sorcery type. Uh, it's different branching paths depending on your choices and back and forth in time and all this like Chrono Trigger. All right, I've played it. I own it, but I haven't uh, completed it. Okay, so Radiant Historia. You go online right now. Atlas re-released it, by the way. They said, hey, we, we didn't realize the demand. We need to re-release this game. Go online right now. Nintendo DS is 2018. That same game, brand new, $22.49. So if yep. you bid off on that, you got screwed. Yep. So know these trends. Another one is uh, Xenoblade Chronicles for the Wii. It was selling for $100, $150. It was rare. Now... I don't know how much. Let's just look it up. I'm going to look it up real quick. Xenoblade Chronicles. There's a bunch of these out. Chronicles 2. Oh, gosh. I got Nintendo yeah. Switch. I think, I think the Xenoblade Actually, I don't Chronicles. Think it was I almost bought a Vita version of that just recently in the collector's box, and it was 34 bucks. Xenoblade is actually, for a Wii, it's an expensive game. Brand new. It's uh, $57.95 used. It's going to be 45 bucks or so. Wow. I got the I got the Xenoblade Chronicles X for Wii U used and a sealed copy because I bought a sealed one and I just never played it, never opened it, found a good deal on a used one, so I bought it. So that's one I'll play. Oh, here it is, Wii U Special Edition. I don't know if I got the Special Edition or not. But anyway, I'll get wrapped up in this and looking at this. But uh, yeah. I want to play it on the Wii U, but my son plays the Wii U all the time. He actually just broke my Mario 3D World trying to get it out of the case. Oh. So now i got to buy a new disc. He already broke Mario we, uh, Mario Maker. I had to buy a new one. Oh, man. <laughs> so he didn't mean to. He tries to get well, it out yeah. good and put his little thumb in there and get it out. And like, Don't touch this, the part that reflective, you know. He, he learns how to do the CDs. 
But anyway, he called it broke it. So I'm like, I'm not going to. I broke so much of my dad's stuff growing up. It's my, it's my yeah. turn now. Oh, yeah. I but, did too. Uh, <laughs> I, haven't have it, haven't, I haven't had it happen yet with mine just because he's three and I'm able right. to keep my stuff away. But I know when he turns old enough to where he can play games, I'm going to have that happen. <laughs> I just know it. So, um, but anyway, a lot of fun talking about this. And I'm glad we got to talk about collections. We, I yeah. knew we were going to get off on this thing. I knew it was going to go more than an hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to five minutes or an hour. Yeah, we're definitely going to go tangent when we talk about stuff we love. So, so I'm glad we got to kind of go this. Hopefully, you guys learned something. If you want to start collecting, um, you know, certainly uh, this is, you know, give it, give us uh, some little tips here to kind of get you started. But it's really just boils down to research. But let us know on uh, Twitter, man, Facebook, whatever, uh, what games you collect. I'm going to try to post a picture of my game collection. I've sent it to you on the um, mm-hmm. on the shelf. I got my couch in front of it. I got to have to move it to get a picture of the whole thing. Um, <laughs> I kind of picked a stupid place to put it in my office instead of on the wall where I can actually see it. <laughs> so I play my games. My back is facing the collection. Mm-hmm. So I might have to end up moving that thing and move the couch back. In fact, maybe that'll, maybe that's what I'll do when I get home and rearrange everything. But I want to take a picture of it, and I'm going to post it. Uh, it's got a bunch of stuff on it, too. Stikes, they got the Star Wars original um, movies, you know, with this, the DVD yep. version, original editions and the special editions that are in one. Um, Captain in the Game Master uh, DVD. You can't even find it now. Those are kind of rare. Uh, season one through two, I think. It only had one and two seasons, maybe mm-hmm. three. I think it was just one and two. I think it's just one and two. But uh, that... Um, the puzzle stuff, one of the ones that you gave me, and I got two others. The one that you gave me is still sealed. It's sitting up there. Yeah. And I almost broke it open the other day. <laughs> it's like, I want to put another together, another puzzle together. I'll sit there, and I'll, I won't stop till I put it together. It'll take me like four oh, yeah. hours. I've just been like, rah, 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 looking at it. I'm, and I'm like that Staying up until two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's so much fun. You figure out how fun it is to put a puzzle together, man. It's just a fun thing. Yeah. Especially when it's something you like. I'll put on something on YouTube, video game related. I'm geeking out, putting together a Legend of Zelda puzzle, man. It's yeah. great. So, but I want to take a picture of that and I want to post it on there. I'll post it on my Twitter too. But uh, give us a follow, Hollywood Cole, H O L L I W O O D K O L E. And we got HK Gaming. Is that the one on Twitter? HK Gaming? Yes, yeah, HK Game. Uh, is it, yeah, I think it's HK Gaming. Something like that. If you follow me or Clear, Clear Fires, K L E E R F Y R E. Yeah. And so the HK will share those posts. Yeah. We, uh, we share them throughout everything. You'll find us release if you hit one of us. So Twitter's, pre- Twitter's pretty cool. I mean, I just kind of started it. I don't know. Really, but if you type, like, if you hashtag anything, Nintendo or retro games or whatever, pretty much everybody that posts something and has that hashtag, so it'll start feeding on your, uh, mm-hmm. on your news feed. And, like, I've kind of met some new people. I don't really met them, but I mean, I've talked to them on Twitter and we'll just share pictures or whatever you know like video game pictures or something or i'll just see their stuff they posted video game uh rooms and stuff like that that's just kind of cool but anyway i think that's it man you got anything else nothing i can think of at this moment all right well uh thanks for listening and uh till next time yeah thank you guys so much oh yeah real quick don't forget about the contest they're still going so Check it out. We've got the details on Facebook, and there's details in podcasts before this. Not going to expand on it because if you want to know, you, you need should to listen. Know. <laughs> you, should you should already know. know. You should All know right. by now. So just want to make sure that we remind people of those contests for the SNES minis going on until uh, what, what we said March 10th. First. March 1st. Sorry, I got something else going on March 10th. So, But, you know, you still got some time to get into it. 
get those things put in. So guys, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>